The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Cole Galloway. This guy's interesting. I can't wait to speak to you, Cole. Cole is a professor of physical therapy at the University of Delaware, and he's the founder of Go Baby Go, which he's going to tell us about. Cole, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's really exciting to, to join Different Brains and uh, to talk about mobility and human rights and um, cracking the infrastructure for, for the disability community. So I really appreciate it. Well, you're doing all of the above, and we love it. Now, why don't you tell us what Go Baby Go is and what led you to create it? Yeah, and, um, you know, um, maybe in your life, you've seen how, like, when the legend becomes fact, they print the, they print the legend. And out there is this, this um, superhero story about an academic guy, myself, that became enlightened and jumped off of the... Uh, the typical academic disconnected ivory tower and um, now serves kids and adults with severe mobility issues. And it was all my, my doing. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I was a, um, although I had it in me um, to be a, um, a justice warrior and a community organizer, um, this is not the way this, this movie didn't start. The first act was not me having an epiphany. This was me uh, creating a small robot with some collaborators that babies could drive with a joystick purely for scientific means and was able to show that um, kids, neurotypical kids that drove these robots would have the bump in cognition that you would see with kids that were crawling and walking. So these were kids that were younger than crawling. And uh, just by driving around a couple of minutes, three times a week, they had a bump in their development. That was great. The, the university community loved it. Discovery Channel came, CNN. I was, a, I was a media darling. And I would go off to conferences, and there was this little rat pack of people that would hang around afterwards called families. The scientists were like, okay. Engineers were like, okay, that's more the same. Um, and they would go, this is really great. I have a three- or four-year-old that can't move, this really seems to be something that could be affordable. And, and I went, thank you very much, and basically left these settings with no intention of changing. That was just not the culture. In fact, my mentors at the time were like, you're doing exactly the right thing, deflect these families and continue on. Um, so literally my future is, is sitting right there in front of me. So I um, go back, this was uh, in the early 2000s, and I would go back back to when we had um, phone messages on phones and I would click, you know, click the phone message Monday morning and I would have moms and dads all over the country, some of them crying like this is so great. When are you going to commercialize? When are you going to do something? Let's fast forward. Um, David Glansman's a junior in high school, comes to my lab one summer, a couple of maybe a year later. And I'm like, David, I've got to get these families off my back. Um, is there any way, I knew that the magic here was not the robot. It was the fact that they were independently mobile. Um, and so we came together, why don't we just take an off the shelf plastic Jeep from Fisher Price and we'll hack it with 
um, pool noodles and PVC pipes and stuff that anybody can do it. We can publish the hardware list and I can get on with my freaking life as a, a big deal scientist. <clears throat> so the first mistake I made, thank goodness, was I got on this thing called social media. This is like 2005-ish, 6-ish. Um, did not know what Facebook was. Was Instagram wasn't around. Snapchat was not a thing. TikTok was not even a glimmer in the organizer's eyes of TikTok. And I put it on Facebook thinking I'll just publish these hardware lists, how to, kind of like how to do a porch, how to build a chicken parmesan, and these people will leave me alone. Well, I publish it, and it was kind of a hit for the time. I got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 shares. And at that point, that was kind of a big deal. And then people were calling me going, this is really great. And I had also coined the term Go Baby Go and had a logo that I put on the Facebook. Because it said insert logo. And I thought, well, shit, we got to do a logo. So we do a logo. It's the same logo that we use now. Hmm. Um, long story short, people started calling me from all over the world now. How do we be a chapter of Go Baby Go? How can we do this for kids in our community? And I'm like turning to my very small scientific staff. No one's doing service or justice or outreach work. And I'm like, oh man, we've got, what's a chapter? And um, Julie Sinclair from New Zealand, um, a big deal organizer in New Zealand called and said, um, we'd like to come do a site visit with you and, and beg you to allow us to be a chapter. We want to start a countrywide nonprofit that partners with BMW and gets every kid in New Zealand a car. Wow. And I was like, great, you're a chapter. I don't know what that means. And she said, well, of course, as the, as the hub, you're going to want to do a site visit over to us. So we'll fly you out to New Zealand, right? Because that's what your policy probably has. And I'm like, sure, yes, we sh yes, yes. I should be going to New Zealand multiple times a year, in fact. Um, so again, my, my, my future is staring right at me. And um, I'm basically going, whatever. Um, really long story short, about 15,000 cars later, um, two or 150 chapters later, um, we are not a for-profit company. We're not a non-profit company. We're not a B Corp. What are we? Um, and the community gets what we are. We're just a bunch of ragtag humans that, that, that believe in our hearts that mobility is a human right. And we try to act like it. Um, and Fisher Price along the way called us and we went, I, I went, okay, cease and desist. I know. And they went, no, we love everything you're doing. Gary Collins at Fisher Price says, we'd like to consult with you so that more of our technology can be broadly used by kids of all abilities. That still continues today, Mattel and Fisher Price. Um, so I want people to go away. If they go away and go, this is a really cool thing. I've really failed. If they go, you know what, Shit, we could do, if this guy can do it, I'm not handy, I'm not an engineer. I can't build, don't have me build anything. So I'm the litmus test. So our chapters are third graders in El Paso, Texas and Canada, all the way through New Zealand, which has, still has that nonprofit in the BMW. And we've built with um, Indianapolis 500. We've built with a, a lot of Fortune 500 companies that want to give back to the community and have fun. And anybody dumb enough to come to one of our builds and, and why I say our builds, I'm not building every day. Um, the hundreds of thousands of volunteers were a wider building. And so you're talking kind of to a very loose lug nut of the hub, so to speak. But this is a distributed model. And it's so weird 
Peggy, that that um, a bunch of business folks now, I, most of my um, speaking engagements outside of science, because I'm still a scientist, are to corporations about how to spread a message on a dollar. Because we are a worldwide, we're in textbooks, we have about 50 or 60 publications. Um, and we're an alternative to what really is a cartel of durable medical equipment. And if you really want to get into talking about the man, let's talk about the industry and manufacturing of, of power and manual wheelchairs. But um, so that's what Go Baby Go does every day is about 250 chapters. People are always like, well, how many chapters do you have? And this is the best answer. And I love it. I have no idea. How can that be? Well, it's gotten biblical because chapters beget chapters beget chapters. Um, we got calls from Mexico City several years ago by some moms, and they said, thank you so much for everything you do. We have two chapters in Mexico City. And I was like, number one, I didn't have anything to do with that. Number two, I didn't know we had it. My goodness. Um, there are chapters in Beijing and Shanghai because some occupational therapy students from the U.S. went over there and just started some chapters. And they contact me and go, "Is it, it, I hope it's okay from the philosophy and your TED Talk and everything we see we did the right thing by not stopping to contact you. And like, hell yeah, you did. There, this is not mine. This, this is the world's. And this, so it's a collective. It's kind of like um, the civil rights movement, if I should be so bold. Um, some of our strategies and our strategic thinking are behind, behind this is very justice oriented and protest and, and, um, and, and the civil rights movement is a big deal to me. Um, whereas they didn't have a logo, they didn't, they, Martin Luther King, was their front man, but he was by no means the power. The power was in the local organizers. So it, 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 it makes for a really robust um, organization when I can't even tell you who is in Go Baby Go and exactly what they're doing. And people ask me all the time, well, how, how in the world corporate folks go, how did you manufacture a culture and keep everybody on the same page? And I said, I never did. Go Baby Go, the workshops and what we do, self-filters. We don't have knuckleheads. I know of one knucklehead in, in probably 250, 300 of these sort of mini lieutenants. And the only knuckleheaded thing they do, it's a clinic, um, not in the U.S. They, um, they rent some of their, their cars out to people. Um, that's, the extent, that's the dirtiest secret I can tell on Go Baby Go. Everything else, everywhere else is free to families, by the way always free to families. Um, no kid, there's no requirement for a kid to be anything to get in a car. If you're on a ventilator, we build a car for you. Sometimes these are custom. Sometimes these are really, really light modifications. But this whole thing is because we deeply feel that um, human rights include safety and education and healthcare. And part of that is mobility and, and water and food and, and someone to love you. And um, it's all about fun, but right under the hood is an aggressive set of um, justice folks that are dead serious about fun and play. Um, so that gives you a little bit of our philosophy, um, and it really is, comes down to mobility is a human right, so let's act like that. Very well said, and you gave us a great, great overview of uh, of the whole works and how it started and how it went through. Now, if I'm a parent out here and I, I want to start a local Go Baby Go program, how do I do it? The easiest way, um, and this 
it, this, this will make a lot of sense and give you another snapshot of our action orientation. Um, my job in my work, for the most part with Go Baby Go, again, I spend most of my time researching the impact of mobility on cognition, language, socialization for kids and adults with, with brain injuries and other things. Um, but they're gonna, the easiest way is to go online and search Go Baby Go in their city, state, or county. If they, if they have any trouble whatsoever, they're to contact me. That's the easiest place. They can contact me and, um, at the email and, and, um, and call me on the phone. They can call me on the cell phone or, or text. And um, the way it would work is they contact me. I'll double check that they don't have a chapter near them. Although I don't know all the chapters. You could very easily have a chapter in your STEM high school or in your first robotics area. Um, if you have a local community college and if you don't have a chapter, um, let's partner with the community colleges and universities. Sometimes university engineers are really tough to partner with, but boy, community colleges and vocational high schools like Skills USA and First Robotics Clubs, they need problems. And um, frankly, although First Robotics is a really amazing organization, we need to move a step further and have kids building not just robots to fight other robots, but um, and you may know about first robotics. These are these are clubs where kids get into robotics and get into building things, and then they get into school buses and they drive to world championships where their robot fights other robots. Well, the trouble is they go right by nursing homes and hospitals and schools with people that desperately could use that brain power for a, a wheeled device or for a communication device or for the toileting device, and all that brain power leaves town on the way to have a cool trophy. Well, how about your trophy is helping an 82-year-old get around her house so she doesn't lose it? You know, th there's some real challenges. So we bring those challenges. And if, if there's not a chapter nearby, we look, we help them get partners. And this is for the long haul. So they, and that's the way it usually is, is. A parent will build a car for a kid. These are all open source. Go Baby Go Connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, is an online forum of hardware lists and, um, and instructions. And again, this is not for an engineer to build. This is for you and I. Um, and I barely know how to plug in a battery. So, so <laughs> these are, these are um, and by the way, when you partner with Toyota, by the way, that we do, um, they make our cartoon coloring penciled out instructions into big girl level. And so increasingly we have really high professional grade instructions so it feels like a christmas eve morning uh, or afternoon where a dad or a mom is building a, a bike for a kid the next day for santa well tell us about um the studies and uh, your observations on mobility cognition and if and brain wiring yeah yeah it's it's not rocket science it's exactly what any grandma grandpa anybody that loves kids any coach Coaches are great, right? For example, I know you've been a big athlete all your all your life. Um, coaches and athletes understand this probably as well as any neuroscientist in terms of, um, well, let's take a step back. There's very strong theory called embodied cognition. Fancy term for that most things we learn in our lives, we learn through physically interacting with the world. And especially in the first three to five years of life, most of the big things, 
Now you can't learn Spanish necessarily just physically interacting with the world, but I can plop you down in Madrid and come back in two years and you'll speak Spanish. Or I can send you three times a week for an hour to a class. And after two years, you won't be able to speak Spanish like almost every high schooler or like I took French. I don't speak French if I lived in the enriched environment. So the key is getting social animals like ourselves into the mundane magic of the actual world. Just the sex, drugs, and rock and roll of average life. And that takes mobility. And when you do that with experimental animals or humans, you see revolutionary changes in the brain. Um, in fact, this idea of enriched environment and embodied cognition are some of the most grounded principles in all of neuroscience. Meaning, when you take a social animal and deprive them of other, other social animals and an enriched object environment, they, basically for humans, it'd be day-to-day -day work, day-to-day -day play, social friends, all the drama of living in a, in a crazy world, your brain begins to lose function. And that's a neurotypical brain. When you put that same social animal in a and match it to an environment that meets it where it is. Not all animals can be plucked into an enriched environment. Sometimes after after an experimental injury, you have to put an animal or a human in a um, a smaller environment, a simpler environment. That's what rehabilitation is. Whether you're an addict, whether you on the spectrum, whether you have a brain injury, meeting you where you are, neurally, behaviorally, friendship wise, mental health wise. And then helping you expand out into the world um, is such an active area of study. And scientists do not study small effects. So scientists study huge effects. So if somebody, uh, you have two somewhat neurodivergent individuals and, but that are similar and with similar potential and when they turn, I'm just making this up, 17, one learns how to drive a car and the other one does not. Do their brains develop differently? Everything equal, um, travel broadens the mind. Okay. Right. And, and again, um, neuroscientists are starting to ask questions that are more and more grounded in everyday life. And for example, there's a rat model of rats driving cars. And lo and behold, when rats drive cars, your brain has to start planning. It has a purpose. And so driving car isn't magic. What's magic is having a task where you have to think and plan. And again, you plop a five-year-old down behind a car, you're going to have an issue. Most times, plopping a 17-year-old down behind a car, you have less issues. So you need to match that. And that's what rehabilitation and the medical model have to realize is, um, we have to be able to match people where they are. And, and the dirty secret is that we need more neurodiversity in professionals, meaning folks like I in science, medical uh, physicians, therapists, nurses. Um, we need to take a page out of the addiction manual, which is no self-respecting addict goes to anyone that hasn't been an addict. <laughs> you're just not, not going to do No No boxer is going to listen to anyone that has never been in the ring. You can you can prosthetize all you want to, and people will shake their head, but they're not gonna gonna change their life for anybody without lived experience. Well, where's the lived experience for for all the different types of quote unquote patients? And by the way, 
one time a patient doesn't mean you're a patient forever. Patient means you're inpatient hospital. When you get out in the community, we need to drop this patient label and, and replace it with what's called human label and treat people like they are humans. And, well, and that's, that's very simple and everybody gets it. But I'm sure, as you know, when you get into the medical model and the school systems and some of our institutions, because they don't have enough people in the positions of power that are neurodiverse, you get people that care and are doing the best they can, lovely people, but they're way off the mark. And they're not self-advocates like we're trying to develop in all our 18-plus-year-old interns here at uh, Different Brains with all their different labels and the ADHD and Asperger's and tuberous sclerosis and you name it. Um, Self-advocacy, as you're talking about, is the absolute key. Yep. What do you find in what you're trying to accomplish in your unique life that is uh, your biggest limiting factor? Um, there's a couple of them. The first thing that comes to mind is the expert culture of neurotypical people, people that don't have the lived experience of the disability community, being put in positions of power um, and being able to hide behind the, the facade of caring. And that may be a, it, anybody that's not a caregiver or supports a caregiver or is in the disability community themselves is not going to really understand how broken that system really is. Anybody that's participating and, and relies on that system understands it's deeply broken. The big brokenness I see is if you're working with people in power chairs, the people that are making decisions about people in power chairs don't come from a power chair. They come from a bureaucrat or a physician or a principal or a teacher that's doing the best they can. But it's as if in sports that I became an expert in the jab, having never taken a hit and having never smelled a gym. It, no one would allow that. You and I, the way we look, could never run a center for black studies. That is no longer allowed because we have, right? We couldn't do that. In the medical model, Somebody that has no experience in cancer outside of, of, of book learning and internships, which is great. These are caring people. This is not about individuals. This is about a culture that allows someone that looks like you and I to not only have power, but to influence people's lives and policies. So that's the biggest. So if I had one magic wand, it would be that instead of talking to me about Go Baby Go, you would be talking to all the people all the kids that ride cars and have to deal with all that. So, but we're, you know, we're kind of forced because they don't have the ability to communicate like they'd like to, to be advocates and allies. And that is, I, I love the university system where I can become an ally by going to training. So other neurotypical people can teach me how to be an ally for the disability community. And I can get a sticker on the bottom of my email that says I'm an ally versus the disability community bestowing that only the person that only the community that you're trying to represent can bestow you. The people that have neurodiversity have to bestow you with that allyship and advocacy. And it's a, it's a large burden because you're now speaking for other people. And in the medical model, that is, I, I teach a lot of medical students and physical therapy students specifically. And by the time they get to me as first year medical students, They've already worked so hard on becoming an expert, but they've never spent an evening with a person with Parkinson's. They've never spent a weekend 
with a mom of a kid with CP or autism. And when you get them into those situations, they're good people. They want to care. It could be a flip. They can come back and they go, oh, I don't need to be an expert. I need to be a, a, an accomplice, a co-conspirator with them. I need to stand behind the community and do what they tell me. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what that's called? That's called the community organizer. And you can have be trained in community organizing and their principles so that every one of your actions doesn't support the infrastructure. Here's the other problem. Good meaning people doing the best they can and not realizing they're actually supporting the infrastructure of inequity versus being trained to understand that the insurance and medical systems and a lot of the educational systems are not built by them for them. And so watch your actions. Watch your actions because well-intentioned. I mean, I think there is even a saying about road to hell. And um, it, there's, that's a reason because, and, and a lot of times the people that I hang out with in this building community that are adults will tell me, would you please tell people to stop caring for me? It's killing me. Stop caring for me. Uh, be a co-conspirator with me. Collaborate with me. Do what I tell you to do. Yeah, people, people don't want to hear thoughts and prayers. Man, that's enough. Uh, you know. Yeah. So when I talk to young scientists, engineers, and therapists and medical model folks, and they ask me, what's the solution to these big old problems? It's like, have friends in the disability community, not focus groups, not one-off pity friendships where you, as a therapy student or a medical intern, go and spend a little bit of time with a kid with autism. Befriend people that are, have diversity, not only for what they can teach you, but guess what? Eccentric um, people that see the, the world in a different way is what Google and TikTok are looking for, what modern corporations are looking for. Value these people. I love hanging out with people with different ideas, whether you're an actor and an artist or whether you're neurodiverse. It's more fun. You are more fun to me to hang out when you see the world differently. And I mean, literally perceiving, as you know, perceiving the world differently. That, that's my jam. And Boy, you people... fit right in here at different brains. <laughs> We're all different. Now, let me ask you this. What are the, uh, some of the diagnoses that you might deal with in yes. your Go Baby Go? Yeah, everything from the typical ones that when people think kids, they think cerebral palsy and they think walking issues, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, spina bifida, spinal cord injury, uh, neonatal stroke, anything that um, slows a child down from what we call effective mobility that was coined in the 80s. That's a really good word because it gets away from walking as being the only way to get around. It is certainly the easiest way to get around a lot in a lot of environments because Environments haven't met people where they are, but um, um, one nice thing is, like I said before, there's no gatekeeping. Meaning, when families come and talk to me, it's, it's some of the, it's the some of the saddest, most shameful feelings I get are when families. Um, I had a family um, that was out of the country that zoomed with me, and the first thing they thought they, they said to me was, "Doctor, Doctor, Professor Cole Galloway." Please, 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 please let us have a car for our kid. Please let me show you pictures. Let me let me talk about how great he is. I'm like, stop, 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 stop. He's a kid. He's in. You're in. And what they were what they were showing me was this this thing that a lot of caregivers realize and people with lived experience 
is a lot of times the systems to get care, you have to be able, you have to jump through a hoop or you have to be a certain something or you have to be ready. You know, a baby has to have these kind of prerequisites to be ready for this. No. When people, well, why do we delay, why does insurance delay giving a child a wheeled mobility until five or seven years old? So for five to seven years, way hundreds of thousands of kids in the U.S. are not moving around. Why? Well, it's because they don't have the um, ability to listen and follow instructions. Well, think about your own life. Would you be walking now if you were not allowed to walk until as a kid until you followed instructions and were a respectful kid? You probably wouldn't. Eat. What do you do? Cage people? So this idea of, oh, we're not going to treat neurodiverse people any different than we're going to treat typically uh, neurotypical people. Well, okay, then don't. Then, then just don't. Don't, don't have prerequisites. And, and in kids, they're our most oppressed population because not only do they have all the other stuff of special needs populations, but the culture allows you to do things to kids and disempower kids. One of the best ways for a kid to vote against what's going on right now is to vote with their mobility. And that's the, we talk about the flip side of all this. My, my heart soars when parents have a kid in the car or in a wheelchair or learning to walk and that kid comes to them, that's great. But when that kid turns around and leaves, goes away, that's what activates the adult world. That's, that's what, wait, wait. And I've had parents, many parents call me and go, yeah, uh, thanks, you've created a monster. Yep, <laughs> I, can't find, I can't find the cat. There's a banana in the, um, in the DVD player. Um, uh, my wife and I haven't been in, in bed together for I don't know how long, because the dude wants his car 24 seven. And they say, you know, um, we had to tell him a couple of days ago that we don't act like that young man and come back here. And Cole, he's never had a place to go. That was the first time I ever said that. And they said, you create a monster. Don't you ever stop. <laughs> and so my, my, I still haven't had it, but my, my Mecca, my gold standard is to, um, is when, People talk about the kids that we see a lot. I need a kid to run away from school. I need a kid to run away and join a circus. I need them <laughs> to use their mobility because when they do that, if you can't move, people move for you. And this isn't just in baby world. It's anytime you lack mobility, people start to move for you. And then they start to think for you and they start to talk over you. And, and the neurotypical world will defer then to the people that are moving. What do rat moms do when we limit the rat baby's mobility in the first months of life? They eat them. Hey. Mobility is a big deal. Is there anything else you'd like to cover today that we haven't covered, Cole? Um, one of the things I would like to call to attention of the of listeners and viewers is um, Go Baby Go suffers from not having enough people in the disability community in positions of power here too. So I get a lot of calls from families and interested middle school, high school, college age kids that are neurotypical wanting to help build cars. What I don't get enough is um, young people from the disability community, people that have low vision, people that are neurodiverse with a spectrum, 
people okay. that you that people that you would have a contact. We need builders and leaders from that community. So glad you uh, brought that up. Uh, I was uh, very honored to recently having give a commencement address at Beacon College, which is solely for autistic individuals. Mm -hmm. And they're all smarter than me. <laughs> they're all great. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, introduce you to the very nice people over at Beacon College. Wonderful. And yeah. uh, that'll be, I'm also going to introduce you to uh, um, Rick Rader and Steve Perlman from the AADMD, the American Academy of Disabled, uh, you know, dentists and doctors yep. who do so much. And other people I can think of who, like yourself, are champions. And one of the things we try to do here at Different Brains is because we're, we got all the differences under one roof, is um, try to network everybody because everybody is so passionate and they're in their own silo, in their own space. And you're in that mobility space. And this one's in the vision space. And this one's in the education. And this one's in the employment. And uh, yeah, it's all of the above. We got to do all of the above. And you're doing such great things. Well, I know you. I know you see the commonalities, and um, and when we get together, um, it's it starts to get a tingle of awesomeness. It starts to the power differential starts to crack, and yep. so pen, please pencil me in to anything you guys have if you see Absolutely. ways that I can support you all, um, especially because on a scientific um, level alone, the lowest level scientific kind of. Cognition, language, socialization, mobility, they all go together. They all feed each other. And um, yeah, so please, I won't worry if you'll pencil me into anything you need. Okay, you're on. Well, I'll tell you now, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing? The best way is to Google Go Baby Go. And um, that will get just a plethora. Look at the images if you want. And you'll just see just just the sweetest kids you ever saw, and then look at look in your own uh, backyard, your city, town, county, and state. And you can look you can look me up at the University of Delaware. Um, email me directly. You see us on Facebook. Uh, DM me directly. Um, what is your can, email address? It's J A C G A L L O Jack Gallo at U D E L U D E L Edu. At the University of Delaware. Yep. Oh, um, James Galloway is my formal name. I go by Cole. It's a middle name. And then if people want to text me directly, um, it's 443-553-1619. And, um, and the distance between someone calling me and going, I really love this. I'm a high school teacher to building the first car can be something like four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. Um, maybe, maybe even shorter. And that's um, number wise, we have somewhere between 500 and a million and a half kids in the US uh, that need to have adaptive play. So um, yeah, let's, let's get wow. it going. What is one final piece of advice you would give to parents out there who want to be as supportive as possible of their child with mobility issues? One final piece of advice. Play with your kid. Have have as much fun as you possibly can um, with whatever style of play. 
if you're into boxing, box with them. If you like surfing, surf with them. Um, you are by far the biggest influence on their brains and bodies and future. And if you're not having fun with them, um, stop what you're doing. And they need, they need that. They need your love and your play and, um, and laughter. Oh boy. Just enjoy that knucklehead. <laughs> Great advice. Great advice. Cole Galloway, professor of physical therapy, University of Delaware. Go, baby, go. Doing all these great things in mobility for all of these kids. Thank you so much for being here. And we hope that you'll be back to join us again soon. Keep up your great work with Go, Baby, Go. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. See you soon. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.